Hello, everyone. I'm Count Tester of WrestleZone.com, joined by John Clark to talk about Monday Night Raw. John, how you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty average. You know, it's uh, sometimes it can be hard when you're sitting on your couch watching three hours of TV, such entertaining TV for that matter, that you just you want more. You just you want more. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's raw these days. You know, the theme of the day is that you you want more. You know, um, for me, I, I have a headache, and it's so easy to make jokes about how raw gives me headaches. But and, and I, I probably will do that because John tonight, Bobby Lashley got pinned in a six man tag team match. The WWE champion, Bobby Lashley, and that, for as far as I could see, that was the first time he'd been pinned since January, and they did it in this kind of throwaway six-man tag team match that's your wwe champion the guy they built up as a you know unstoppable force granted it was drew mcintyre so you know that's fine on paper but for me like you should really kind of well they have protected last year you should really kind of save that pin for a big match you know uh, uh, like let's say hypothetically mcintyre beats last year on sunday now that that win means a little less because he has pinned him you know that's and that's what wwe does and that's fine but i should say that six-man tag team match was the main event uh we had been you know, told we were going to get mcintyre versus aj styles and at first these guys went out there i think it was right around 10 20 eastern and i was like oh they're gonna put on a really nice and long singles match it's gonna be a nice good main event here and then and it was for a couple minutes, but then Bobby Lashley and the Viking Raiders came out, and of course, as you might you might expect, we got a six man tag team match, which was fun. And uh, Bob Skelton in the comments saying it was one hell of a six man tag. It was a very good match, um, but yeah, man, that 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 pinfall there at the end really left a bad taste in my mouth. What what do you think of all of this? Oh, I thought you know when you turn these kind of things into six man matches. Uh, particularly when you get all this interference and then you get a commercial break and then you know what's going to happen when we come back from commercial break. We had, I think, four commercial breaks in this final 40-minute segment there. So about every 10 minutes, we got a commercial break. Um, the match was pretty good. It was full of high spots, back-and-forth stuff. Uh, Omos absolutely destroyed the Viking Raiders by himself, which doesn't do them really any favors at all. Um, do want to point out, though, that uh, this was, you know, it had the store power in the main event, like, uh, this week, Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre, I do have them at two and three in my power rankings. So that's two of the top three right there. And then, uh, I did the Viking Raiders did finally make the list this week as well. They're, they're in their number 21 there. So, uh, the, the main event when we can't forget AJ and Omos, who are obviously also in the top 25. So everybody in this match is pretty much top 25 in the company right now uh, to throw six of them there into a main event like that. It was very entertaining, uh, but I just, it didn't do it for me because the way the show ended, like you said there with Drew getting the pin, which usually means he's not going to win this weekend. Um, uh, I don't know. I just for don't me, know. <laughs> for me, the frustration was kind of worsened by admittedly some confusion on my part, but I, I remember literally a year ago now, we had Lashley McIntyre at Backlash at Backlash June, and I I was convinced that they did this, they did this almost exact same match with uh, McIntyre and the Viking Raiders against I guess probably at that point it would have been the Hurt Business, and they didn't do that, but I I think they did uh, McIntyre and the Street Profits against uh, Lashley at some point. I mean that was very much the way the way that's the way they do things on Raw. Even I even I may, I may be just uh, making I'm not making that up. I I could be wrong about it. It just feels like we get this kind of stuff all the time. 
And like, as much as, yeah, it could be a good match, but, you know, like you said, John, I, I wanted more. You know, I, I was hoping to see this fun, you know, lengthy, you know, solid main event, arguably a pay-per-view quality main event uh, between McIntyre and Styles. And instead, we got the usual six-minute tag match. I remember probably a year ago or maybe or maybe even longer, they constantly did this kind of stuff with Seth Rollins and the Office of Pain, Kevin Owens. And that, it felt like they did that every single week. Thankfully, it's been a little bit since we've gotten this kind of thing in the main event spot. But... Yeah, I guess for me that that pinfall there at the end did kind of like I said, I I really didn't agree with it, and, and you know now we like you just said because we have period this weekend, got to imagine that McIntyre probably won't win, and at the same time they they do this a lot, then they then they then they kind of like make it very obvious what's going to happen, and when you know another thing I just fifty fifty, it's fifty fifty, yeah, booking, and, and the, a 50 50 at its worst because like they're kind of indirectly letting you know that this that that's what's going to happen but you know i i will i will say and I, I we've talked about it before i'm hopeful that we will move on finally from mcintyre and lashley after this weekend uh there there is that uh, uh, there's a chance that mcintyre could win and then we'll get yet another rematch and i would really hope that's not the case um you know i'm kind of hopeful we can, can wrap this up here finally this has been going on for a while now um so we'll obviously be here on Sunday to talk about it, but we'll have to wait and see what happens with it. Uh, the big, the other big story tonight, don't want to wait too long to talk about it, is the return of Eve Marie. And it did not go the way probably anybody... Ex- well, I can't say that. I mean, maybe the, you know, the the average or casual fan may have been surprised. There had been definitely a lot of reports uh, you know, from the insider knowledge that uh, Eve Marie was re- re- planned to be uh, paired with Piper Nevin of NXT UK. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, Piper, ne- Piper Nevin came out. And it's worth mentioning that she has been a pretty featured star on NXT UK. And the commentators had no pretended that they had no idea who this was. And I know a lot of people had a problem with that. Uh, and even Marie had been advertised tonight to wrestle Naomi in her first match back and in her, in her first official appearance in, the, in this new uh, return run for the company. Instead, Piper never comes out uh, and uh, she wins. She easily, easily beats Naomi. And then even Marie announced herself as the winner. Uh, pretty basic squash match here. Uh, I don't really know. <laughs> what to make of this, John? What, what do you What do you think? I love how people got triggered again that Naomi lost. Like, like I, they're trying to develop a story, and somebody has to be in this role. And for once, it's not Nikki Cross anymore. You don't have Lana anymore. You don't have you know. There, somebody has to do it, and somebody's not going to be happy no matter what it is. Uh, and it just so happens that Naomi was the one in that spot. But looking out the other end of things, uh, you know, Eva Marie thing, uh, it kind of went like before where she wasn't really. I mean, this whole buildup was making people think she was going to wrestle and be like dominant. And here she is, like, kind of implied that she's going to be a manager, but like take all the credit for like the wins and stuff. So I can envision some scenario down the road where, like, maybe uh, who who knows what Piper's name will end up being. But for now, I'll say Piper. Um, if somehow there was a title to be won, and Eva Marie would claim to be the winner, like, pretty much what's going to happen here is Eva's going to take credit for all the wins, and uh, Eva is going to be a heel. Obviously, she's going to get easily get heat on the road. Uh, I think this benefits Piper more than anybody because when eventually, if she does turn on 
Eva, she would get a massive pop for that. Uh, people that have not seen her before, because I saw a lot of people commenting like, who is that? Who is that? And to me, the casuals might not know. I mean, obviously NXT UK, but it was weird to me. Like we've seen before where people like have come from NXT UK, like Jordan Devlin or Walter, for example, and the commentators know who that person is tonight. They didn't, they just acted like this was a complete stranger that they've never seen before in their life. And to me, that was a little bit annoying. Uh, but at the same time, I feel like it's going to benefit her more in the long run. And if you haven't seen any of her work, I, I would recommend that you look up some of her matches because they are pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I thought you make a great point about the fact that maybe more than anybody, she does benefit here where, you know, she does get that rub from Eve Marie. And then we often see with these kind of, you know, manager enforcer at enforcer esque like you know, situations that eventually the what the enforcer does turn whether it's you know batista in, in evolution there are many many examples uh so that that is a very uh i'll say likely path that we, uh, assuming that we stick to this and really goes through with goes through with it and there's every reason to think they will at least going off of tonight uh, so i mean there's there maybe there's probably nobody really better to get that rub from than Eve marie as a heel at this point you know she's coming in here with uh as we've noted before a lot of negative reactions and just a lot of kind of i'll say negativity kind of surrounding her so if you're in that role as you know piper nevin i mean that yet that's a pretty good spot to be in so uh i am curious as he kind of how this goes because it's worth knowing she did it's not like even even marie really introduced her she just kind of came out you know she didn't really get a promo or anything yeah you know, nothing like that uh so I'd, i would uh, expect to see that next week and then we'll be able to kind of maybe have a little more a little more information about exactly what to expect here in that sense but I mean, just the show the show tonight in general there was so so much relevance given to the women and I don't know why there was so much negativity online about it. Like, there were so many people talking like, oh, great, four women's matches. Oh, great, five women's segments tonight. Like, I just don't understand what is so bad about that, I guess. Like, I, I don't get it. Uh, for the longest time, people have been begging that the women need more attention. And now it's like people... And, and even in the past couple of weeks, there have been people saying like, oh, why are the women only getting like two segments on the show and that's it? Tonight they get five, and people still complain. And the, I saw the perfect reply to one of my tweets. It was one of my followers. I'm not sure who said that. People just have to find something to complain about. And given that there's four singles matches and the additional segment given to the women, people just complain. They're not happy no matter what. And to me, it's like, what do you want them to do? Is it's like. They can't read your mind. Like, is three the perfect number? If two's not enough and five is too much, like, what did you feel about the the relevance the women got tonight? So I will I will say I feel a little attacked right now. Not not directly, but be only because I don't. Have, I I I love to see you know the women getting the this prominence on the show to get to see them getting in all these matches. Um, that, that's great. And, and Robert E. Fleece and I've talked about. It, I think you and I've talked about it before. Where you know, yeah, it has been. It's a little, at least a little concerning, if not problematic, that the women have been getting less spotlight, less prominence in recent weeks. Uh, so this was definitely a step back in the right direction here by having, you know, you have we had Oscar Charlotte Flair, we had uh, Piper Nevin's debut, we had 
uh, a segment with Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose and the Italian team backstage. And we had Charlotte Flair and uh, Nikki Cross early on in the show. Um, all, all good, you know, and in, in their different ways. For me, the problem is definitely not the fact that there were, what, what five segments? Like, that's good in, uh, on paper, especially. For me, it's more that we saw Asuka and Ray Ripley, and we've seen that several times in recent weeks. And yeah, it was a very good match, but there's no reason to really care. You know where where uh, what's different this time than what, what we saw two three weeks ago versus we saw them in that triple threat match at WrestleMania backlash. Like the, it's this it's a situation where WWE, especially with Raw, keeps kind of they literally say, like, "Oh, we're going to run it back with this match," and they, they just keep doing that. And they, like <laughs> they keep just like they they're almost like making fun of themselves just by repeating these things without really shaking it up. And to me, that's more the problem for me. And uh, Charlotte and Nikki Cross was a bit of the exception where like, that's what we should have gotten all along. Not the two minute challenges, not this, that, the other thing. Uh, we got an actual match between Charlotte and Nikki Cross. I like seeing that. Uh, and then, and then I should say Nikki Cross won by count out. And I, that, yeah, and maybe one reason why people were complaining so many matches tonight ended either by count out or disqualification. I, I think and Randy it's funny. Will... It's funny how they ran the advertisement that the show was sponsored by DQ, like Dairy Queen. They had that ad on there. I was like, "Oh, oh that's my... perfect." <laughs> Man, I think, but I think that those two things for me were the bigger problems. Where it's a lot of running it back for, I, I don't want to say no reason, but for, with no variation. And then when with the these things they did run back, with you know the the literal <laughs> booking DQ. Sponsored by Dairy Queen. And, sure, and I, I definitely get you there. I mean, Nikki Cross has. Is it is it possible to impress and not impress at the same time? Because she has worked her way into the top twenty-five power rankings. She is in the Universal twenty-five. She is number twenty-five right now. She has made her way into the list. Uh, so that's definitely, you know, very very interesting to me to see that she's being featured enough on TV to have a prominent role in the show. As far as this coming from DJ, put Nikki Cross in the match Sunday, make a triple threat that that would put things into more of a frenzy and not make any sense to me. Uh, let's, let's have her possibly get involved after this, this whole <laughs> Ripley and Charlotte thing has not been very successful this time around. The buildup has not been good. The segments have been confusing. Uh, hopefully the match delivers. There has been instances where they seem to have chemistry and instances where they seem to not have chemistry. So let's see how they fare in a match this Sunday. Uh, I Fortunately, whoever wins this match, I don't think this is the end of it. But hopefully they can do a better job of building it up. But what do you think of the Charlotte and Rhea Ripley build up to the pay-per-view? I think it's been fine in terms of the story they're telling. A grant, well, I, um, all right, maybe I spoke too soon because <laughs> now I'm thinking about it. And the the Nikki Cross beat the clock stuff really made the story about Nikki Cross and much less about Charlotte wanting to wanting to fight with Nikki. The very traditional like two people wanting to fight each other. Like you put someone else in there, and it's like a you know, like a third wheel third wheel situation. And for me, that kind of took some steam out of it. And the fact that we haven't really gotten any acknowledgement of the the fact that Charlotte took Ray Ripley's title at WrestleMania 36. That should be the big early at least a factor here. And for what it's one of those things where the fans are expected to kind of like bring that knowledge to the table. 
and to kind of put that on top of whatever we're getting on screen and to like you know kind of almost fantasy book ourselves to like you know make that the story whereas what we're actually seeing that's not been the story they're telling and to me that is a missed opportunity where either you could have charlotte saying hey i beat you once i'm gonna beat you again i don't think she usually said that or it could be ripley saying oh you you beat me once i'm i'm gonna even the score and prove myself from from what i can recall we have not seen that so kind of the combination of the two yes they are two of the very best on raw and you do can you can fairly expect it'll be a good match but no there's kind of something missing there and I, I remember enjoying the WrestleMania match, and I liked the, the, I thought the, the triple threat match at uh, WrestleMania Backlash was great. So I, I have every reason to believe this will be a good match on Sunday, and I, well, I would agree that it's probably not going to be over. Um, so I mean, I, I'd be curious to see kind of how it goes beyond that. Uh, the, we've said it before; you can never really assume that Flair is going to lose. I mean, there's always a chance they're going to put the title on Flair. So it's, an, it's a possibility. Uh, if not at Hell in a Cell, maybe maybe Money in the Bank, but. My prediction, ideally, or, or I guess just in my hope, will have um, a nice long reign for Ray Ripley here. But you know, I do want to point out, yeah, Nikki Cross should get a title shot for all intents and purposes. You know, you know, she's in your rankings now, and on paper, she's what I think three and zero since she came back. Technically, with these yeah. the, the beat the clock things, and then she beat Floyd by count tonight. And if we're looking at trying to look at it, like wins wins do matter. Then you know, for to me, there's every reason that she should at least get a title shot. You know, to kind of have a payoff to what we've been seeing. Because if, if not, then literally, what's the point? Would you would you tend to agree? Yeah, I would agree. I just think that the women's division is a little confusing right now, just with the way they've been booked and uh, across both SmackDown and Raw. Uh, tag division, singles division, grudge matches, all that stuff. Uh, it's there, there, there's room for improvement. We'll just le- leave it at that, I think. Uh, which leads me into what I wanted to talk about with um, uh, Alexa Bliss tonight on the show. Uh, and Nia Jax had a, I mean, Alexa Bliss is still pretty good in the ring, it was a pretty good match overall. Unfortunately, this was also one of those matches that ended in a DQ. Reginald gets himself involved. Uh, Alexa Bliss and Reginald then have a stare down, like they're playing like copycat with tilting their heads in the same way. And then suddenly she leaves the ring and he snaps out of it. And then no sighting or words of Shayna Baszler. We have a match with them this Sunday. What's your take on this whole thing with these two? John, I sat here last week defending what we got with Baszler and Lily and the main event angle because and it was after, different because it was different. Right. And you know, the flip side of that, and I didn't, I didn't say it last week and I wish I did. I can only really defend that as at least sitting here now after time to reflect if they committed to it, John, literally the first thing they did on raw tonight was bliss saying uh, that Lily's in timeout because they're going back on, <laughs> on, on the road. Almost and, like they're scrapping that idea for now, right? Yeah, I wanted to say, like, what are the odds that she ever comes out of timeout? What if she's, quote-unquote, grounded forever and as, a, yeah. as a way of writing her off? Because obviously yeah. there was so much negativity to the angle last week, and it could very well be the kind of thing that uh, the people booking the show, whatever you want to say, Vince McMahon, whatever, say, okay, you know, that didn't work. All right, scrap it. Let's do something else. And, and I think that's what they are doing, for the record. I, I, I don't think we'll see that again. And to me, 
that's that's almost more infuriating like if you're gonna like they treat the viewers like they're so stupid sometimes where it's just they they pretend it's this weird double standard of like yeah you're obviously supposed to watch and like supposed to like keep up with what's going on and then at the drop of a hat they'll just say all right you know no, this never happened whether it's alistair black getting fired and the biggie angle over on smackdown just getting scrapped or if it's this you know presumably uh, lily getting written off you know and we have no follow-up whatsoever to what happened to Shayna baszler last week we don't know what, what, what where was she we don't know you know where she got locked up in that room she with still say she still walked up in the room <laughs> like if, if they're gonna do stuff like that to me i really want them to commit to it like show me what you're doing so we can you know have an opinion on it rather than get just giving up and saying all right that didn't work after one week and so and and sometimes that's the right thing to do sometimes something is so bad that it doesn't work and and i get that but that's that's more my maybe my take on it but are you glad you you say that's your prediction that they're probably gonna scrap it are you glad that that's the case or, or you know what do you think about it I, I was intrigued at first, but I think it was simply because I thought it was the way they would reintroduce Bray Wyatt at some point. I think once people realized that this was Alexa's own thing and kind of her own gimmick type thing she was doing, uh, it didn't work. And this supernatural Papa Shango type stuff they were doing doesn't really work in today's age with just the way things have changed and the way people are nowadays and social media and people like that it's just i'm glad it's gone i'll just leave it at that uh i i didn't think it was working very well i, I do like alexa bliss's character however i think that's working for her but she needs to do something relevant and this is a shame because i honestly think Shayna baszler kind of needs this more than alexa bliss uh, if baszler could win this match and kind of propel herself Possibly up to Rhea Ripley. I think it would be interesting. And um, while we're talking about the women, we might as well talk about the other uh, part of the tag division that was addressed tonight, uh, which was Natalia and Tamina were working out backstage in the ring, which is like resting each other for practice. And then we see uh, Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke, who have appeared to be the next challengers in line for a few weeks now. Tonight kind of solidified that with the brawl in the ring. The whole where, you know, you blondes only care about your appearance and not your in-ring stuff. And that whole thing was just revisited tonight. It's not doing the trick for me either. But what do you think about this whole potential tag program we're getting? It's something. It's something. And for, yeah, we sit here pretty much every week. I feel like across both brands saying there aren't, there aren't enough teams in the women's tag division. They're not doing it for the women's tag division. Um you know, so at least this is something for, and I, I would all, almost always prefer that there would be some storyline, some program with the titles rather than nothing at all. Uh, and I will say, like, especially this, you know, there are worse things to do than to have Natalia and Tamina say, hey, because the way it went tonight, they were literally, uh, Brooke and, and Rose were having a photo shoot, Natalia and Tamina were practicing wrestling. There's a very clear you know, clash of like, you know, they, they care about their image and appearance versus Natalia and Tamina working hard at their, you know, trying to hone their craft. That that story kind of tells itself. And they literally had Natalia and Tamina say that. They're like, oh, you care more about your appearance. Your your priorities are out of whack. That That is a very, if not, you know, maybe not an original story, but it's something. And I, and I like that. And it's a way to give the women's tag titles a spot on the show. It's a way to give Natalia and Tamina 
a program and, and same for uh brook and rose but jess mattis saying that the tag titles up there felt you know weak and forced that's fair you know I, yeah this wasn't like this exciting new hook for for a feud no i'm not saying that uh again the, i say i think my my catchphrase for the show is the bar is so low that as you something like this it, it's logical it's it makes sense and and it's it's fine so i'm 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 okay with it um and i would if we if we get a match whether it's a hell in a cell or or next week or if we wind up getting this match five times like we probably will i don't mm. see a broken rose winning so just a good way to, to give uh, uh natalia to be a couple wins in that case um but yet again john yet again uh, it's not even luke gotta start saying it uh, michael ken this time saying the booking is bad the matches might be good but the booking <laughs> is bad yes uh, tonight i think yeah. the, the theme the theme was oscar and charlotte flair or sorry oscar and Ray ripley very good match um the, the six-man tag match was very good but we had i will say an exception to that maybe rk bro via the new day that was a very good match and there's nothing wrong with that i think that may have been the only match that i can really recall off the top okay two one of two matches i can recall off the top of my head tonight that ended with a pinfall yeah we had orton pin woods in that match that was good rk bro gets better and better by the week and i i mean in a way we didn't really get uh I mean, necessarily a, a progression here it was more just that they work together well as a team. They're they're still a united front. So uh, while the while week one we had thought that we might get a kind of a quick turnaround for a heel turn or a split, it kind of feels like they are kind of committing to this this tag team approach. And would you, would you agree with that, John? That we are probably going to get more of a tag team uh, direction for RK Bro going forward. Yeah, I in my eyes, it's clear that I think they're being set up to win at SummerSlam. I think they'll win the titles at SummerSlam, and which is nice being right before that kind of like the draft they're doing, so then they can have the tag championships as things kind of get refreshed and things like that. Very nice to see that happening. But I'm more intrigued about this Kofi Kingston and MVP drama because as I addressed earlier on Twitter, I'm not convinced at this point that Kofi's turning on Xavier as much as we're possibly going to see Xavier turning on Kofi. Because I think Xavier as a heel would work better than Kofi as a heel. And if they wanted to break them up that bad, Xavier being the one to turn would would put him with Bobby and MVP and leave him relevant into the kind of the picture here where Kofi would be the baby face on his own. And I think if it's the other way around where kind of Kofi turns on Xavier, it's easier for Xavier to get lost in the fold. But I'm very, very interested. This is probably one of my most favorite stories right now. I think it's unpredictable. I think we could go either way here. So two questions for you, and you might answer them the same way. Where do you think we're going and where do you want this to go? See, for me, last weekend, this week, when we got this, the angles um, across both shows, you know, I kind of immediately jumped to wanting to see Kingston and MVP because uh, because he has a very valid point. Kofmania is dead and gone. It's well, unfortunately, it's only been just about two years but it is long in the past and you know both in a in a real sense and even you know yeah it's only only been two years or a lot could change in two years so Kofman is gone and MVP is very validly saying like and you haven't really done anything since he tonight he said that Kingston has been stuck in this in this tag team and he pretty much firmly implied that Xavier Woods is a loser 
And for me, I kind of read that like the 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 predictable and obvious route would be, you know, Kingston saying, you know what, you're right, and then, and then turning. But I I honestly had overlooked the possibility that Xavier Woods would turn on him. And I, I will say someone in the comments pointing out, oh, it's Justin Mata saying apparently uh, Xavier said MVP, MVP had a point at, at one point during the segment. I, I I missed that, but you know, maybe they were kind of planting, planting that seed that Woods might turn. I, I saw people, uh, even dating back to before this, we saw Woods put on that great match of Riddle, and a lot of people, I think myself included, were like, hey, let's give Xavier Woods a chance to really be you know, a solo guy right now and see what he can do because you have, we've seen Kofi Kingston get Kofi Mania, the WWE title win. We've seen Biggie being a, a solo star over on, on SmackDown. We've not really seen Xavier Woods in that spot. So I really think that, you know, this, I, now that you point out, I definitely think that's a strong possibility, if not something that I would like to see. Because yet again, I want to see new things. I want to see them go in different directions. And that is definitely something we have not seen. So, uh, if that's kind of the end game here, I would like to see how that plays out. And it'd be one of those things that I hope that they don't really rush. You know, the, the kind of like RK Pro, if they kind of just, you know, do the slow burn with it, I think it, it could be a very uh, emotional moment. You know, it's Xavier Woods potentially turning on Kofi Kingston. Like that is a very, uh, you know, it feels like a loaded moment. If they could possibly draw that out until one fans return next month. I think that could definitely be something. This would, if- this would be a very good SummerSlam match. I think Kofi versus Xavier, I think, has the potential to be something very good. If they did want to kind of try to reintroduce her business as much as they could, I could see Xavier fitting in there with MVP and Lashley. Um, like Jesse says here, I would definitely be down for a heel Woods solo run. I think it would be interesting because you have that time to kind of do it now. And then you can split them up in the draft if you want. So Xavier could possibly be on his own. Or maybe Biggie comes to Raw and Kofi goes back to SmackDown. Something like that. Uh, I think it's an interesting concept they could do. Uh, people are really dedicated to not ever splitting this group up. But how many groups really never, ever have beef and never, ever split up? It almost happens to everybody. I mean, the Shield, it happened to them. Evolution, it happened to them. It's, it's just it always happens to those big groups, so I'd be okay with it. Um, but I thought uh, that was a pretty good part of the show. I do want to point out some notable absences tonight because Michael Kent did say, where's Damian Priest and Shanky? Re- referring to mostly Jinder Mahal and especially Sheamus and Ricochet and Humberto Carrillo. There was a lot of absences tonight. Um, what, what do you make anything out of that, or do you just kind of think, well, they didn't, they just didn't have anything tonight? I mean, it's tough because you, Jeff Hardy had two matches on the show, and I, I don't know whether to read that as they want to give Jeff Hardy a, a renewed spot on the show. They should, and they, yeah, and we, yeah, I think you may have pitched the last week as ha- having Hardy as your kind of contender for money in the bank, if I'm not yes. mistaken, but uh, and it, after a night like tonight, you know, he, he picked up a pretty big win over Cedric Alexander and, um, and he beat John, no, no, John Morrison beat, uh, they did. 50, John Morrison beat him oh because of Cedric Alexander and the Miz and the dripstick and, uh, man. But nonetheless, to finish up the point, uh, Jeff Hardy had, did have two matches and Cedric Alexander did get, he was involved with that. So, you know, while we had these absences, Plenty of other people were on the show, and then uh, I should say people that might not have been on the show otherwise at that. So, at, the, and at this point, it's tough, right? It's it's June, it's 2021. 
you know, a year ago, you could very easily say, like, okay, we're in the we're in the midst of this pandemic. Who even knows what's going on at this point? You know, people could be either opting out or, or you know, being uh, sitting out for exposure. Who knows, right? Uh, at this point, I just don't know. You know, maybe they just did. It's a could be a cause case where they didn't have anything for some of these people. We know Seamus is still recovering from his facial injury, uh, so there's that. Though it is weird that neither uh, Ricochet or Humberto were on the show because to kind of keep that going. I don't know. Um, Damien Priest, you know, he hasn't been. I, from what I can recall, I don't think he's really been on much since. Well, since he was giving Riddle uh, uh, Spanish uh, lessons a couple weeks yes, ago. Yes, correct. Yeah. But he feels to me like someone that's kind of, like I said, someone that this creative doesn't really have anything for him, where it's like, if he, he beat the Miz at WrestleMania Backlash, then what? You know, and John, you and I have talked about it. It, it, it made all the sense in the world to have him challenge Seamus for the US title. Maybe they're holding off on that. I don't know. But in the meantime, yeah, he's been kind of floating aimlessly and that's unfortunate because he had people coming off that big win he wanted to see something for him so I, I guess ultimately i wouldn't put too too much into it where you know they've got a pretty ironically a solid cast of characters they can just kind of rotate you don't need you don't need to have everybody on the show every single week we saw i just saw an almost in the event that the viking raiders were on uh the new day like they have plenty of people they can draw from so that you can kind of Avoid, and so to at least in some way try to avoid the feeling that it's so it's stale and you're doing the same things over and over again. Admittedly, they do that anyway by doing the same things with people they are using. But maybe that's part of the reasoning there. <laughs> and in a similar way, you know, as we were just mentioning people who weren't on the show, and as I said, Jeff Hardy was. All these other people were. Jackson Riker was on the show, and it was the same exact result as last week. Riker beat Elias. Sorry, yeah, Riker beat Elias by countout. Elias didn't even like walk away as much. He just kind of like chose not to get back in the ring. They're very clearly going with Riker as a as a babyface here. He got a new th- a new theme song. He he kind of he got a little promo. So hey, he served. That's that's the gist of it. <laughs> that's that is what that's they're going it. with. That's literally the point. You know, that, and I think that you know Vince McMahon, W Creative, whatever, is very clearly tunnel vision on that okay he's a veteran we, we can push this guy we can make this you know this this baby face star the fans come back they're gonna love him it'll be july the, 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 <laughs> season, the season of patriotism i don't know and i'm not feeling it i don't i dude i i absolutely think that elias would be cheered more than jackson Riker. uh and i just I don't know. I don't get it. I just don't understand how this guy is getting a push as a baby face out of anybody. Like uh, they pick him out of all people. Like why not just let Damian Priest go in there and wrestle Elias and get a couple wins? Like, yep. <laughs> and, and I, I have to, me, man. and, and I, I missed this part of the show. DJ's putting out that Ali did a segment with Mansoor. I missed this. I did too. Uh, somehow, but, I saw yeah. I saw a tweet about it, and I'm like, I didn't see this at all. And yeah. I was watching pretty pretty focused. Like I was watching. Yeah, the show. And, and, and it was a pretty good. It was a pretty good segment where I, I I'm not quite sure if we're getting a feud between these two or if we're getting a team between these two. But I'm intrigued. Ali's very good at promo work. He's made it clear that he puts a lot of work into his own promos to get them all approved and get put his own touch on them. I'm into it. I like it. Uh, it gives him something to do. But here's my question for you. Friend or foe between these two, which do you prefer? I'll go pretty easy. You know, do, do a tag team for now. 
even if they don't get a tag title run, build them up, have, you know, raw gain a, a credible, solid tag team, even if they're not, even if they're not necessarily winning all the time, just to make a team, add some depth to that division. They, they need it. They have two talented guys. They're, they're working well together so far. And then you could kind of easily just whenever that's kind of ran, ran its course, split them up, say, okay, either Humberto has enough, or I'm uh, sorry, uh, like Mansoor, I get these people yeah. all the time. Mansoor, sorry, uh, has enough of uh, Mustafa Ali saying maybe he doesn't like Mustafa Ali's methods or whatever. Um, turns on him, or Mustafa Ali stabs him in the back and says, "Hey, hey, kid, I told you you can't trust anybody." Boom. That that seems to be pretty easy to do to me, you know. And that's the kind of thing you don't necessarily even need to do it like uh, RK Bro. You know, you don't need to really draw it out as much. You know, you could kind of have Mustafa Ali clearly being like you know, ready to turn on them at, at any given point and then kind of pull, pulling that uh, and going with it. So that'd, that'd be my my hope or or pick for it where, you know, the Raw Tag Division needs it. You know, even though, yeah, we, we got this great match of RK Bro New Day. Styles Nomos are good. Viking Raiders are good. We've got Lucha House, Lucha House Party, whatever. Uh, Mason T-Bar are still there. So, but there's there's nothing wrong with, or I should even say that, it'd be a good thing to add another good team like that. So I'd be, I would like to see that. Um, as potential pairing, what would you agree? Or would you rather them kind of immediately uh, head off and do a feud of their own? Uh, I'm okay either way, as long as they're featured on TV a little bit more often. I would probably assume a team for now, but I don't know who I would pick for challengers. There's just not a lot of tag division. We desperately need the draft to get here, or maybe we just need fans to get here. Maybe we just need a new creative team. We need something. We just we need something. It's just it's getting bad. <laughs> yeah, it is, man. And I, there's stuff, there's stuff to like, right? I, I, I want to try and be positive. I, I really liked RK Bro New Day, uh, and the match and RK Bro as a, as a unit. They're, I feel like they're getting better by the week. The, again, the, the six man tag, tag match in the main event, it was good, but they were thinking the, the ending and this, the, the, the fact that that's what they do all the time. You know, I would much rather seen a nice match between McIntyre and Styles one on one. And when we got that, but I wanted to see kind of, you know, a winner there. It just it's they it's so often they just they say okay, we don't want to have either either person actually lose, and then like we get DQs, countouts, wonky finishes like that. So you know, that, that was one off thing for me. I will say maybe in a not necessarily a, a purely positive thing. I was expecting worse from Eve Marie and and her arrival tonight. So. That wasn't such a negative to me. I know some people were very upset about it, but like we were saying before, I think that's definitely a, a, a positive for Piper Nevin, and and she's she adds a new face to Raw. That's a good thing, um, you know. And and I'm I'm hopeful that we'll get something out of this Bliss Basler thing on Sunday, whatever it might be. And like, but then like I said, I it's a little, little frustrating that uh Lily got written off just like that or at least for now but I, I think we're both on the same page that uh that might be the last receiver at least for a while so all the all these things put together john for me on a scale of one to ten i've got to say probably a seven and that might be a little high but i'll, I'll go for a seven <laughs> Uh, I, I I laugh because I I I think that's really high. Um, I'm gonna go with a five point five tonight. Mm. Um, yeah, there was just 
I'm in a rut. I mean, the last couple months, I've been between that 5 and 6, 6.5 on a good night, where it seems like end of 2020, I was getting like consistent 7, 7.5s. I really want to get back to that 7.5, but we're, we're not close right now. It's I just need a little bit more. Uh, there needs to be change. Change needs to be made. The viewers are obviously being lost. There's nights where, like, I lose focus on the show, and I don't care. Like, I just don't care. Like, I, I, I there was a point where, like, I had to be home in front of the TV at 8 o'clock on a Monday night. Now it's just like, well, yeah, if I'm there, I'm there. If no, I'm not. And then Nesha Kirsch is asking, you know, what's it going to take to get back up there? It's going to take creative changes. It's going to take better stories. And, I mean, I'm not, I'm not knocking the in-ring action because it's not bad. But the stories are bad. The, the mix of characters they're utilizing are bad. It's just bad. Hard to disagree, you know, and for me, yeah, we, we need fresh faces. You know, the draft will hopefully help, and I've said it before, but even in the short-term sense, just like creating new matchups, hopefully creating new feud possibilities rather than what we've been seeing. And after a night like tonight, pretty much every match ended in a DQ or countout. Got to stop that real quick because, like, that is not good. You know, then that, you know, you do that over and over again. You know, what's then... It is very easy to look at any given match and say, what's the point? You know, whether it was uh, Re Reginald ruining Bliss versus Jax. That was Alexa Bliss's first match, uh, first first match since March, her first women's match since February. So, you know, that's crazy to me to see that Reginald was the sway the outcome like that. And then in the end, you had Nocturne and Styles, what could have been a really fun main event. And, and then so it was fun as a six man tag. But then, you know, the fact that St uh, Styles McIntyre ended with, uh that like no contest essentially you know all these things just constantly going on and on uh the theme of the day of this you know, nowadays on raw and for me that's the combined the, the fresh faces with the draft or and or more nxt call-ups and some and and or john cena and or brock lesnar and or somebody big to make me interested again i was gonna say that yeah for SummerSlam, at the very least at this point john cena is being rumored but john cena is being rumored for smackdown so in theory, we're going to be sitting here not benefiting on Monday nights from that unless they've, I mean, there is, there is a possibility that Brock Lesnar is in the cards, but I've seen some reports that he's not in the plans for SummerSlam. So in that case, I sit here and say, Hey, well, you know, it's okay. You know, I got my tickets today. I'm ready to go. Whatever they do, I'm sure they'll go all out since it's a big event. So just I have faith in them for the very big shows like this. The Raws, not so much. I just think they want to go out for SummerSlam. 100% attendance. Well, for what they're filling up in the stadium anyway. And yeah. I think they're really going to go all out for it. I think they will. I think whether, I mean, for, it could very well be over on SmackDown. It could be John Cena. I'm very hopeful that Raw has their own cards up, their, cards up the sleeve in terms of really going all out for SummerSlam in that sense. And yet again, we just got to get through a little longer. I think we're just over a month from today. I think July 16th is that first yes, correct. show fans back. So we're getting there. We're getting there. But after a night like tonight, it's going to be a Four more Raws. 
four more Raws. Got to get through it, everybody. And uh, we'll, we'll do our best. You know, we try. We try to be positive. But, you know, some nights it's, it's a little hard to. But regardless, John, you and I here every week talking all, talking about Monday Night Raw, hoping that it gets better. And even though it doesn't, we'll be here to talk about it. And John, More, exci- I, more excited for tomorrow. Yeah, we should say, you know, Raw was so chaotic tonight with all the DQs and countouts. Yet over on NXT, William Regal supposedly quitting the show because it's too chaotic over there. Like, you know, compared to compared to uh, to Raw, NXT is a smooth smooth sailing sip. So, but you know, that's a big the big thing for tomorrow. William Regal and reportedly Samoa Joe coming back to to WWE and to NXT. John, you and I were were both way off last night, and I I, I eating my words on that one. And I don't want to give that away too much, but we'll talk about that tomorrow. Uh, and don't be... forget, we'll be back also on Sunday night for your post Hell in the Cell live coverage. Yes, post and, show. Uh, very much looking forward to that. One point off, I didn't read a lot of the, the ratings comments, but I like this breakdown from not from the show Nando. The wrestling tonight gets a seven, but the storytelling gets a three point four, bringing the show down to a five point eight. I like that breakdown, Nando. I like that that specific analysis. So yes, John, we'll be here for Sunday for Hell in a Cell. Uh, obviously, make sure to tune in for that, and we'll, all the news coverage we'll have for the show, uh, and also the the Dynamite Dudes of Attitude to cover all things AEW, and they also do WCW written for fun fans booking stuff. Robert DeFleece <laughs> and I have been bu- been pushed to Saturdays because AEW is on Fridays for now, and that's fine. But we'll be back here on Saturday for that, and also a great great constant stream of interviews coming to you guys, whether it's Sean Spears and Bill Pritch- Bill Pritchard interviewing Sean Spears or Fred Roster or Eric Rowan. All these people, more than I can even possibly think of, all these and more, you gotta check it out on all, all of our platforms, whether it's not called Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, whatever it may, whatever it may be, we've got you covered. So leave a like and subscribe. So, John, a night like tonight, it's hard to do what we do here off the zone, but no matter what, whether it's a good show or a bad one, we try to do one thing above all others. And can you tell me what that is? Yeah, just enjoy the product, enjoy the wrestling, and appreciate that you can be sitting on your couch watching it. Indeed. Thanks for listening, everybody.